listening to the Derek Sante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. We just aim to keep the discussion above the average. Our guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Sante, and today we're kicking it with another brother of mine. This man is one of those individuals we all need in our lives because of who he is, his outlook on life, and the way he makes others feel when they are in his presence. He has a natural act for making others around him feel comfortable in their own skin by always finding ways and creating moments to allow them to laugh in the face of life's most challenging adversities. Please help me welcome my <clears throat> dedicated, hardworking, and most honest individuals that I know, Ronaldo R Knight. Welcome. <laughs> oh man, thank you, thank you. That was that was something I didn't expect. That one. <laughs> that was that was something. That was touching. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I always open with a quote uh, with each episode, right? And um, before I get to the quote, I wanted to have this conversation because I want to kind of pick your brain about just your journey, um, some of the obstacles that you had to overcome some of the challenges that you deal with and how you get through them. What are some of the things that get you to help you get through them? Uh, how you interact with other people around you and where that comes from. So I want to kind of get, get a bit into who you are, why, you know, you do the things that you do and what makes you tick. Okay. So that's really where I wanted to get this conversation going. Um, I think there's a lot of qualities that you have to offer that will be beneficial to anyone that listens to this episode when I drop it, right? So that's really where I want to kind of have this conversation with you about, because uh, I think you have a lot of, you know, very important, significant, and and very influential um, qualities about you that I think is important that a lot of people overlook or, or disregard, really, don't focus in on, on their day-to-day routines. So I think this is where I want to kind of get this conversation to go. Obviously, we're going to talk our talk, but we're going to have fun with it as well. Mm -hmm. So the quote I have for you is this, and I'm going to read it, and I just want you to share with me what comes to mind when you hear this quote, okay? All right. Why do so many of us take life so seriously? The fact is, we will never get out of it alive. <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's a really good quote. Still, um, when you when you said that, immediately, like, why do we take life so seriously? I, I had to, I wanted to laugh because I try not to take life seriously, like at all. I try to just, you know, go with the flow of things because everything's forever changing. Right. And when when you're too serious, it tends to weigh on you and become a pressure that become overwhelming. Right. So and that overwhelming pressure can lead to so many other things in a negative construct. So it's like for me, I love to laugh. So laughing is something that I always want to do in um, many situations that I guess it, it will work out to do. Like, you know, you can't just laugh at everything. But like, there's certain times where it's like, you know, what? you just have to put it in your mind that, you know what, if it's not in my control, what else, what else can I do about it? Right. 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 Nah, I appreciate it. It's true though. It, it's true. If it's if it's really out of your control, then what are you gonna do, right? 
Um, I, I kind of go with the same model because I find that in the past, when you stress on, you know, when I stress over certain things that were out of my control, the only person that's impacted would be me. You know, whatever it is, if it's somebody else that kind of triggered me to be upset or anything like that, they're gone doing doing whatever it is they do, gone about their business. Meanwhile, I'm harboring over this experience and I'm bitter and I'm this. And now I'm the one that's developing, you know, uh, uh, unhealthy situations within my own body, right? Chemicals that get released because you're angry and all that stuff. So, no, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. So I want to go back um, a bit. We're going to take it back to the beginning and then work our way to the current situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your family. Um, How many siblings do you have? And how well do you all get along? (laughs) (laughs) Well, family, family is always, you know, a funny thing. Everyone has, you know, different quirks within their family. For me, it's, uh, I got two sisters, one older, one younger, and I'm, I'm there stuck in the middle. Ah, uh, you know what I mean? (laughs) So, so, so now I'm going to throw this out there and, and then let you continue. But the middle child syndrome, do you agree that it is a thing? Uh, I feel it is a thing, but in certain circumstances, yes, it, it depends on how you fall as a middle child. For me, I was the boy in between two girls, mm-hmm. so I I still got the attention I needed because I was the boy. Right. But if it was all girls or all boys, that middle child would feel it because they're not the odd person out, mm-hmm. right? They're just one of the regulars. It's like, oh, yeah, you can have your brother's things or have your sister's things. I don't have time for you. I got to deal with the younger one, right? Because you know, they're, they're the last one, so they're the baby, right? right. They right. get all the, all the, 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 the relaxed parenting, right, 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 <laughs> right. And that's that's why I think it's a thing. But anyway, go back. We'll, we'll get to that another time. We'll go back to your your situation. So two sisters. Go ahead. Yeah, two sisters. Um, and then you know, predominantly. My mom was like a single mom for majority of the time, but she raised all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was here and there, but <clears throat> majority of the time it was just her. And, you know, that's how we, that's how we rolled. You know, we had our cousins that, you know, we grew up in, you know, the Lawrence Heights area. Our cousins lived in the same building. So it was like, you know, we had a dynamic where, you know, you, you still had family close. Right. Right. So you're able to, you know, that, that intermingle with, oh, I'm going to go upstairs to see auntie and, my cousin, it's not like, oh, can I go and can you drive me here or can I jump on the bus to go see so-and-so? Right. I mean, so it was, you know, that's how we, we kept it. But, you know, we were, we we're tight-knit. You know, we all grew up and took different paths. Um, me and my older sister are the ones that, I guess, uh, get along the most. My younger sister recently has, you know, been figuring herself out and she's come around more and, you know, is talking to me more and asking for, you know, my insight on things more. So, you know, like I'm, because I'm the only boy, it's like, I'm like, I'm her big brother, but I'm not the biggest brother. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, we still have the older sister that she can look to, but like in certain times, I guess she comes to me because I guess I'm the big brother. Right. right. So right. that's how we have it. Now, how was it, how was it growing up um, in a single as, you know, with a single mother, because I, I had the same experience. I'm curious how how it was for you being the only boy in your situation. For me, 
there were there were times where it was hard because you know what I mean like you're 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 longing for it wasn't really a longing it's like there's that connection a miss there's a missing piece and you know there's a missing piece mm-hmm. but watching my mother work so hard as she did to provide for us she she quenched that thirst for that missing piece mm. because she she worked so hard and was so ingrained in pushing us to be successful like you know do better than I did right. and that was her thing she always wants to do better right. than she did go further than she did so it's like that pushed me to yearn to, to to work as hard as my mother did and that's why to this day I consistently work as hard as I do because I, all I remember is like she went to work early morning made sure you know what we had our lunch money or had our lunches had the clothes we need on our back to get to point A to point B. You know what I mean? And then it's like, I want to emulate that for my children too. Like, yo, if you want something, you have to work hard mm. in order to gain. You know what I mean? And that's, that's I guess that's, it's, it's a certain mentality that's been instilled in me. Yeah. So you, you mentioned an interesting point. You said a missing key or piece. What, yeah. What was that missing piece? So, like, with a lot of single parents out there, but majority single mothers, like, raising a son, which is going to be a man, right? And it's like, they, they always talk about, oh, it's harder because the relationship at a point is going to be different where you can't, you're, yes, you're going to teach me things, but there's certain things that a man has to teach their son mm. as they grow and they come into adulthood. Right. So for me, like once I started to branch out and, you know, work and develop more social groups and friend groups, it wasn't like I filled the void, but like a lot of my friends were a bit older. So I was able to have you know, certain role models to look up to, right? Mm. To fill a certain void of like, this person does this this way. Like, is that is that the way I should do it? Or is it like, I'll, I'll use that as a model, but find my own way. Uh, right. So if you had to look back, like looking back, now you're a parent, right? We'll get to that. But now you're a parent. I just want you to reflect a bit. What were some of the benefits, would you say, growing up in a single parent home? And what were some of the, you know, um, the drawbacks? Yeah, the drawbacks. Uh, for me, the, well, the benefit for me was that, you know, it was, there was a bit more freedom. Because my thing is in a two parent household where there's two, there's four eyes constantly on you, right? Mm-hmm. Growing up in the low intact neighborhood, you, you just want to be out playing. Just, you just want to be in, in the light. You know, you just want to be out there. Right. So my thing is she's at work. So one's at work, one's at home sometimes with the parent household, but with the single parent house, she's at work. We have to come home. We have to get everything set before we do what we got to do before we can get outside and go and play. Right. So we had, routine was, was set within us of like, you come home from school, you do your homework, and once your homework is finished, then you can go outside and play. Mm. Right? So we, 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 had to, we had that ingrained in us of our routine. And then also the way she structured it was, you're not allowed to go to certain places without my permission. So it's like she had us, I guess, program, as you would call it. She's like, you know what? <laughs> she's the authority figure. Like, I mean, she, right. she's law right. in the household. So like, you don't want to break the law. Because growing up in the era I grew up in, when you broke the law, there was a hammer coming for you. Right, you know what I mean? Right, it was, right, it was, right. There was no if, ands, or buts. It's like, yo, you, you didn't do what I asked you to do. 
I gave you straight stipulation. Now you got to pay the consequence. Right. Isn't that interesting, though? Now, back then, we followed those rules. Mm-hmm. And why do you think we followed them? Because I don't think kids today follow those simple rules. Uh, well, see, it's, society was very different back then. Cost of living, cost of food, community. Like that was, see, that's a big piece for me, community. Like the neighborhood I grew up in, I'm going to keep referring to it like you know the neighborhood mm-hmm. we both grew up there. Yeah. It's like you, you, it gave you a certain mental toughness surviving in that neighborhood. Right. And because of that neighborhood, I feel like I developed a thicker skin, as you would call it, where I can go to almost any environment and adapt because you have to learn survival. So survival is adapting to your environment. Mm-hmm. And because growing up in a neighborhood where there was vast diversity, you made friends with everybody, you learned different things here and there, but you also knew that, you know what, there's boundaries. Like, you know what, like, yeah, you know, I'm this age, those guys are a few years older, but I can't hang with them after a certain time. So I have to adapt with knowing that, you know what, at this point in time, I got to get back in my lane. Right? It's interesting, though. You, you brought up a nice point. I like, I agree with you. I just want to push it a little bit and say, you, you mentioned adaptability, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think all your peers have that same um, ability or, or know-how that they should be adapting in certain spaces? Uh, no. So, so, uh, so why, why do you think that is, that you were able to recognize that and some of your peers, that you were literally walking alongside the same sidewalk, the same neighborhood, the same courts, didn't seem to have that? What was missing for them? Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's a mind frame. You have to put yourself in a certain mind frame of, you know what, I understand who I am and I, and, I, and I have to get myself to a certain level in order to move on. Some people get stuck in a loop. Mm. It's a self-awareness thing. Yes. Okay. Right? Because then my thing is, some people are aware of themselves, but they only see themselves as a certain individual, like in it. a certain frame of life in a certain construct where I thought myself as like, you know what, I can, I can mold myself to fit into any shape peg. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, it's, it's circle over here, I'll go with the circle group. But then after a while, you know what, circles ain't what I'm about, let me go try the triangles. Mm. You know what I mean? But a lot of people's like, yo, listen, I'm a square, I'm a stay a square. Yeah. Like, no, but what about coming up? Now nah, I'm a stay a square. Yeah. Like, All right, that's what you want to be and that's what you feel you're, you're going to become. You don't want to look at any other other routes. You just want to take that same route every single time. That's it. And expect a different outcome sometimes. Right? Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I was a floater um, in middle school, high school. Every every level of ed- education that I went, I was a floater. I didn't commit to one group and say, okay, this is the cool group and that's it. If I felt like I had an interest in this area and those people look different than me or whatever, I'm going over there because I'm interested in it. Right, you know, so you you want to know what what's, what's popping, right? Right. <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like, for example, um, I attended uh, Vaughn Road Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I was into Sanford Fleming, and stuff went down. Got moved to a new high school. 
Wait, wait, hold on, don't try play play that. Moved how? You got booted out or you you moved? <laughs> I was kicked out of the school, and then I had to find a new school, so I moved to Vaughn Road Academy. You got deported from Fleming, <laughs> right? I, I didn't like the uniform situation anyway. Okay. Oh, you know what I mean? It's too expensive, so. Oh but man! Yeah, so we we, I went over there, and it's like it was so funny because. I was so out of my comfort zone. Mm. Growing up in a neighborhood like where you could walk to school. Like, right. I mean, like for me, I didn't go anywhere. My mom had me under that, the stipulations, like you can't go anywhere unless I say you can go there or unless I take you. So I didn't go anywhere. Like all I knew was my neighborhood. I could walk here. Right. I could walk down to Dufferin and Lawrence and Eglinton was where I got my hair cut and the Randy's patties and you know what I mean? But over, Besides that, I, I didn't go anywhere. So when I had to jump on a, a train to go to school and then take a bus, I'm like, what? You know what I mean? So right yeah. there, push you out of your comfort zone. Mm. Now you're now you're on the TTC. I mean, you're, you're, you're buying bus tickets for school. Like, I, I, I can walk, but now I can't walk anymore. So right there, that's one click out of your comfort. Right. Right? And then on top of that, like you don't know anybody at the school. So you're there sitting, eating your lunch by yourself. I mean, that's, that's an awkward situation. Yeah. Because, you know, in, in in the neighborhood you grew up in, it's like, yo, when people eat, we eat as groups. We're there just, you know, chilling. Everybody's eating. Right. It's not like, oh, one guy's eating and nobody's eating. Like, everybody's, yo, I'm hungry. You hungry? Yeah, we hungry? Let's go go get food. We come back and sit and we, we chill. Right. But over there, it's like, okay, it's lunchtime. You don't know nobody. You walk into the cafeteria. You find a corner and you just, you know, you're munching on your sandwich. <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so like that pushed me out of my comfort and then but for me because I was adaptable what I did was over time you you, you in classes people 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 see something in you right I don't know if it's a light and people say they, they saw your light or your aura mm-hmm. and they took to it your spirit they took to it so it's like they want to know more about you they want to hang with you mm-hmm. so slowly you develop a group you know a few people want to like one person comes over and he has a couple of friends and they want to come over. Right. And then those who have a couple of friends and all of a sudden you're at, you're, you're at the table with like 20 guys surrounding you. You're like, yo, how did this happen? Right. You know what I mean? So what, so what do you think your aura was that, that drew people towards you? For me, I really and truly want to say it's my sense of humor. Mm. Like I, 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 I don't know. Like I have other traits, but I think the trait that is best for me is my sense of humor because, like, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a funny story about my sense of humor and how I developed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it was, it's, it's, a, it's a funny one, but I think that's my strength. Hmm. Like, bringing, bringing people joy through laughter. I'm no comedian by any means, but, you know, it's situational funniness. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get into that. I'm, I'm curious about that. Um, before I ask you my next question, I'm curious. You, so you mentioned... When your mom said, you know, sit, you sat. If she said stand, you stood. That Was that a fear of her or is it respect for her? Uh, it was a little bit of both. <laughs> you, you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real. Like, my mom might hear this. She's like, the boy, I But listen, like, I respected her because she worked so hard to provide for her family. And that's something that I, if I could instill that in anyone, like mm-hmm. my children, I want to understand that, yo, listen, yes, your dad works two jobs. He's not always around. 
you know, the society, the way jobs are, the way wages are. But if I could win the lotto or if I could have that million-dollar job where I worked only days, I would be around more. But, like, society doesn't give that to everybody. Right. Right? So I work hard so you can have, so that you can see that because of hard work, things will be better for you. Right. I mean, like like what my mother said to us, I want you to do better than I did. I want you to go further than I did. So for me, I didn't get to do many things because of financial situations in the single parent household. Mm-hmm. So for my children, like, listen, if you want to play a sport, you show me that your grades are good and you tell me what this sport is, I'll come and sit down and listen. And if I have to work an extra shift so I can pay for you to play the sport because you're keeping up your grade, no problem. Right. I will work that extra shift. Right. I will scrape and, you know, scrape things together. I'll cut back on whatever I need to cut back on on my end so yeah. you can do what you want to do because I want that for you. Yeah. Now, you, earlier you also mentioned something. Um, it's funny, before I go to that thought, you know, we all as parents want better for our kids. And I think people don't realize how how challenging that is, right? And I, I had a thought earlier today and I was thinking, what does that even look like? If you take away the material things that we didn't have or the hugs and the kisses that we didn't get, what does that look like? You know, and I, and I couldn't really get a handle on it. I don't know if you got, you got anything that you can share, but what does that actually look like in your mind's eye when you think about that? The things we didn't have. So for me, um, I have two sons, right? Mm-hmm. And my thing is, I <laughs> one's 14 and one is three. And it's funny because there's sometimes where my 14-year-old will come up to me and want to hug me and want to be like, Daddy, tell me you love me. And I'm like, yo, listen, bro, relax. Mm-hmm. I told, yo, the amount of time, because he was my firstborn. So he was, as you can see, 14 and three. He mm-hmm. had many years of me. So I'm like, listen, now that your brother's around, I have to give him all the love and attention like I gave you. I can't, I can't keep pushing it into you like I, like I used to push it into you because now there's another entity. Right. So for him, that attention, right? Like he's grown up in a two-parent household, so he gets that from his mother as well. So mm. for me, I smother the little one whenever I can with my love and affection because I want him to know that, that you know what? Men show this too. Mm-hmm. Not only mommy's gonna hug and kiss you. Uh, sometimes I hold him and I kiss him until he pushes me off. Right. Stop it, daddy. Right. Like, all right, no problem. But I want you to know that once you get to like Isaiah's age now and daddy's not hugging you and kissing you, I was always there hugging and kissing you. So don't think because now that you're so big and I don't fond all over you that I don't love you any less. So, you know what I'm saying? No, that, that's, that's beautiful. But what changes though? Because he's 14. What changes? On your social, end. on my end, yeah. For me, he's he's to a point now where he's he's trying to find his manhood, right? So but you, he's, but you can he's still show tempted. him the affection. No, no, I I do show him the affection, mm-hmm. but it comes at a point because with with my son, my son Isaiah, <laughs> yeah, put him on him blast. <laughs> very, I'm gonna put him on blast so the world knows. I know him very well <laughs> to the point where it's like. He, he'll come to me and start behaving a certain way because there's something he wants out of it. And mm. I tell him all the time, I listen, when you're mad at me, 
I don't, I don't care that you're not going to tell me you love me before you go to bed. You know why? Because I know you love me. I don't need you to tell it to me. Mm-hmm. And I want him to understand that. I don't need to tell it to you every day for you to know that I love you. Right. I want you to understand that. Feel my energy. Don't just look for my words of affirmation. Like, yes, that's something I do sometimes with him, mm-hmm. but not all the time. And not every time I have to say for you to know that I'm, I'm there and I support you. And it's funny because even if you say it in a way that you, you might be upset or disappointed or in any of that, that's still love like coming through. Because if you didn't express it in that way, they would look at you and say, well, you don't even care because you don't have a response. You know what I mean? Like if they did something at school or they got in trouble or whatever and you didn't react to it they would keep egging on and doing the same behaviors because they would say, well, my dad doesn't even care anyway. Yo, trust me, he can't, he can't pull that one. Let the school buzz something. I'm quick <laughs> to take a day off work to meet with somebody. Listen, he, yo, his elementary school, they, they, don't, they didn't want to see me. They made sure if something happened, they sent me an email. Oh, everything's okay. We just want you. Yo, listen, they did not. I would take a day off work in a heartbeat to be there and be like, what's the situation? Right. How but, do we rectify this? But you right? get what I'm saying though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Any, for like, 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 like they say, like any attention is attention. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whether it's me reprimanding you, giving you a consequence for something you did wrong, or whether it's me praising you for something, it's, it's still the attention That's right. you're getting. I'm still showing that support and love. It may be in different ways though. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, take, take me back. Take me back. You, you, you grew up in Lawrence Heights. So did I. Uh, what were some of your early memories of Lawrence Heights? That, yo, that, for that, real though? Like that stick with you to this day. Yo, the, the, what sticks with me today is the carton rim. Yo, listen. The milk cart? <laughs> the milk carton rim. Listen, listen very carefully. Classic. I was, I was, as you can say, I was, uh, I was the guy that would set the nets up. Like, I mean, for, for some of the youth growing up after me, like when the net fell down, they'd knock on my window. I'd be like, yeah, I'll be up there with the nails and the hammer. Like, you know I mean, I was a facilitator, as you can say. Dope. Like, you I mean, like, that was always the thing. I always want to see people having fun. I always want to see people succeed. I always want people having joy. So it's like, like, the, yo, the street's not that big. So growing up when I was smaller, playing three on three, Yo, that was an NBA size court in your mind. But now you go back here like, yo, that's two steps. How, how are we playing on two steps? I'm telling you, man, that that resonates because like, yo, we used to have the in, most intense battles with overbridge, underbridge, front yeah. page. Like, yo, everybody had their area, they claimed their thing. We were the repland building for repland, yeah. and yo, we came to ball. But like, yo, listen, we put the rims up. Yo, we're taking on anybody. It was three on three, let's go. It was it was intense, man. The passion and fire in that community, and that's and that's one thing that I will always cherish. That like it pushed me to be a stronger individual, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy when you when you got into telling me that little story there. That it, it I got a bit of a flashback because it's true. It didn't matter where you were in that neighborhood. If there was a, a mill carton net or a court um, with just one rim, the level of intensity, doesn't matter if it was one-on-one all the way up to five-on-five, it was heated. It was as if there was a prize to be won. Yo, and there was, was absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. That's it what I'm saying. somebody's NBA. And it, like, I think about that. Like, I had, an, I had a, a net 
uh, milk carton net in the, in the backyard as well. And then you go across the street, you had the, the Wright family. Um, they also had one there. And, you know, Alana, Chris, Kevin, they all had, you know, they had the, the nets there on their side. And then if you go further down, you have, uh, you have Lawrence Heights the School. They had the court there. Then you have, you know, the, the court right by the bridge the, on, on the other side in between the courts. Like there was so many little spots that we created. And then obviously on your side of the bridge, we had um, your, you know, the street, the street there. Then if you go in between the three buildings, we had the tree that we put a, <laughs> we put a milk carton on there. <laughs> like everywhere we had something, even in Flemington, Flemington, when they finally put up nets on the walls, yeah. At the school, like we just made it work. We just made it work. You know what it I mean? It was a grind. It was a constant grind because it's like you, you're pushing, and and what I see is it's almost like your grind is pushing another person's grind. So That's it's like, it. Oh, I'm training. I, I put my cards up. I'm, I'm out here shooting in the morning. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna shoot too. And then all of a sudden, like you, you come down. Oh, this guy shot got better. Oh, now I gotta get better. Right. So the constant push of like, listen. I can't be outdone. I have to push hard. That's, that's it. And that, that leads into success as well. Like, you know, oh, this, this job's coming up. I got to study for this. I got to be the best at that interview. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these things push into other parts of life. Yeah. When, when you hear this phrase, um, what does it mean to you when you hear it? Product of my environment. For me, it's like what you're made up of. Mm. I mean, as a product, something that you're made up of. I mean, all those, all those different walks of life, those life experiences, those, uh, those people you've met along the way to put you forward out as a product into society. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, so it's like your community produces based on, I guess, how you take the, the, the elders in your community, the information they give you, you know, the wise words or the, you know what, the, listen, I went this way, don't go that way kind of thing. How you take it and how you go out into society as that product that you're building further. You know, it's crazy. You're the first person in a long time to share that perspective um, about like, because you look, you're looking at it from the positive. Mm-hmm. A lot of people look at it from the negative, like as if to say, well, it's not all my fault. My neighborhood is bad. So therefore I'm a product of that. So there's nothing, there's nothing worthy out in this world for me, you know, and therefore what I get is what I deserve. Mm. But that's far from the truth when you think about what you just said, because you're saying, no, this community built me to be a strong individual, to go for what I want and to achieve better, because that's the expectation. Why should it be any different if I'm on the ball court? I want to be the best. And why should I be selling for less when I go for the interview? Mm -hmm. Right? So. I like that spin on that. I think that's very important for people listening um, that you can, you know, surpass the image that your, your community might present to you uh, to say this is who you're supposed to be or this is what you are. It's far from the truth. It might be something you can't change, but you as an individual, you can definitely evolve into becoming something t- totally different, right? When I think about first person that comes to mind as I'm speaking is Tupac, the rose uh, that grew from concrete. That's very powerful, right? Like, mm-hmm. how can a rose, where is, where is it getting the soil from? Where's the nutrients coming from, right? Right. You know, but somehow it finds a way to sprout through the concrete. And that's, that's exactly what you painted for me. So I appreciate that. That's, that's actually very, very powerful. 
Yeah, trust me, no problem. I, I try to paint that picture in other, like, wherever I try to go. Like, for me, like, I work with uh, children and youth. So my thing is I try to instill in them as, as a black male myself. I say, listen, you may see me as this individual, but you don't know my story. And some kids or some youth, I enlighten them to be like, you listen, I don't know, you're a different generation. You may not know my neighborhood I grew up in. Mm-hmm. But the neighborhood I grew up in wasn't a neighborhood to be taken lightly. Right. So to say that I came from that neighborhood, I don't see it as a negative. Mm-hmm. I see it as a, I made it by crossing myself through those hardships that I had to endure to make me a better person. To stand here today in front of you and say, you know what, you can make it. So don't put, don't sell yourself short. And that's the thing, right? Like scars, people don't realize, I think, I think scars are beautiful, right? Like you said, everybody has a story. And I think the stories um, are, are within the scars, right? Like, like, it's funny. I have a scar on my leg or on my knee. My daughter always asks me, my son's asking me now, like, where did you get that from? And I tell him, there's a story for every scar that I have, right? There's a story for every scar that I have. And so I remind them when you fall and you hurt yourself, don't be so hard on yourself that you have a scar. That's what's making you who you're going to become, right? That's another story for you to add to your, your legacy or your identity and, and all that good stuff, right? So I just try to spin it in that way because people often look at scars like, oh my gosh, I'm a victim of this and, and so forth. But no, it's making you a better person, a new person, you know? So embrace those scars. And I think that's, that's a beautiful way of putting it because the neighborhood puts chinks in your armor but you can't say, oh, I'm from this neighborhood. I'm going to be shy about it. No, it made me who I am today. It enriched me with laughter, with wisdom, with experience and, and the thick skin so I can navigate this world that we live in today. Yes, sir. That's, that's awesome. Now, would you change anything about your upbringing? Uh, <laughs> see, my thing is like my upbringing was rough. Mm-hmm. It was structured. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, it was, it was hard, but I think it made me who I am. So if I go back and change it, I'm going to change who I am today. Uh, and I, and I, I don't want to change who I am today. I feel that, yes, I can be a better person. Like we, like, yeah, like anybody's going to say like, yeah, I could be better. Right. But like, I think that where, where I'm at right now, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm happy with my job, plural. <laughs> I'm happy with my family life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, right? hey, so, you can't be happy every single day. That's just my, not yeah, possible. Yeah, like oh my gosh, you! I have this conversation with coworkers like on a regular basis because the field of men is a very hard field, mm-hmm. and you uh, like it's like you you take on like in your in our field we take on a lot because we're dealing with the vulnerable uh, sector, right? You know, children with with special needs, yeah children with different abilities, right? So yeah. we take on because we have to be, we have to wear so many different hats in how we approach, you know, their emotional state, their, their mental state, their physical state, right? Right. And, and throughout the day, those, those all change. So we have to be ready to just change on the job of the dime. So it becomes overwhelming. So we also have to take a break. Yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. That's, so. that's tough. That's tough. What did you want to be when you were younger? It's going to sound funny, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, yo, I, there's a few things like I was like, but really and truly though, I want to be a doctor. Like the main thing in my head, I want to be a doctor. I'm like, yo, I want to be a doctor. Okay. 
But then, yo, I saw the blood and I'm like, nah, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with that. I can't, I can't, I can't. Then I, I, I couldn't stomach it. I'm like, yo, I can't. I just couldn't deal with it. I'm like, oh, listen, I'm not going to. You know, I couldn't what, deal with it. Hold on, hold on. That's interesting because that's what that's telling me as you're saying that is you only saw doctors to do certain things and only certain things because, you know, there's so many different types of doctors. Yeah, but I, w- I want to be one of those like, yo, you call me and I'm, I'm that super guy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm the guy like, yo, he's not. Like, yo, that he, he's helicoptered in because he's the best. But then I was like, no, man, let's look at the viewing. You're dealing with the worst case scenario. I cannot be that guy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean, though? But you're the super doctor. You mean, you can, you can do anything. Like that, like, yeah, you're young. You know, you, can, you, you feel that. But then, you know, you watch a TV show, a TLC. You're like, what? His hand is where? That's their heart. Nah, man. Oh, God. I was like, and then I was like, you know what? Maybe an actor. Maybe an actor. You know? <laughs> well, you went from right one, one extreme to the next. <laughs> Straight up. Like, maybe an actor. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. So but I- as a kid, you, you, go, you go through all those things. Because for me, like, I, I like to put on shows. Like, mm-hmm. me and my sisters and stuff, we crack jokes. We clown my mom. We clown, you know, we clown church when we went to church. Like, it was, but I was good at it. And, you know, I was good at it. So I was like, yo, I'm going to be an actor. Mm-hmm. But nah, then I was like, nah, I don't know if I could do that too. Still, that was like, so it's a lot of like, you know, memorizing <laughs> lines and all this. I'm like, yo, that's too much work. I was like, yo, let me just find a regular job. Great. <laughs> so you went from from potentially thinking you want to be a doctor to becoming an actor. Yeah, man. And then you said no. Yeah. And now, now what's your field? What's your profession now? Uh, I'm a. I'm an educational assistant. Look at that. And, you know, yeah, man. No, but listen, see, my thing is, because I went the route I did with my schooling mm-hmm. and then working at the rec center and then working in group homes, like, you know, I did, I, I went a route where it's like, you know what? I, the, I found out that, you know, I like working with a certain age demographic. I feel that I reach them and I can, I guess, help them the best. Mm-hmm. So that's why I enjoy what I do, that age demographic. Eventually, you know, I'll mature a bit more and say, you know what, let me go to the older age demographic and, you know, try to put some wisdom in these young youth. Because for me, it's hard to say because I, I, I try to ask some of the kids that leave the school I'm at and go on to high school. And then when I see them again, I'm like, yo, how, how do you feel? How, how are you feeling? How is school? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I try, to, try to still, if I see them, create that, create that same connection. Let know, like, you know, I still care. Because right. it's hard. Yeah. Like they're no longer where I'm at. So it's like, yo, you're, you're way out there. But if I see you, I'll check for you. I'll be right. like, yo, how you doing? How's school? How's the grades? And I, I give them a little insight. Like, you know what? Listen, high school is hard, but understand, as long as you put in the work and the teachers see you putting work and want to put the right foot forward, you'll get that help you need. Do yeah. not, you get, okay, you get a bad mark on a test. Uh, speak to the teacher. Ask them, what can you do to do better next time? You always have to look for that, that silver lining. So you just try to get, you know, give them a piece of knowledge, let them know, like, you know what? We all go through those ups and downs. Yeah. But it's what you do after that makes that character. You know what I mean? But you know what's interesting? So you said the dream was first a doctor mm-hmm. and then actor. Mm-hmm. Those, two, those two roles, really, if you look at the, the, the common denominator, is they contribute to... to you know, how people function in the society, right? The doctor helps people or saves lives or prevents um, illnesses or, or things like that of that nature. They're helping people. Mm-hmm. Actors, 
vicariously tell stories to help us get through certain scenarios, Mm -hmm. whether we've experienced it personally or not. And then you become uh, an assistant, teacher's assistant now, or education's uh, assistant, right? So you're also helping from a different perspective, from a different capacity. Mm -hmm. So really, you didn't really go far from the dream if you really think about it. Your dream was really to help people. people. That's it. Okay, you see that spin right there? That's what I'm. That's why you're my brethren. Right. So it's it's funny because we we put the labels first Mm -hmm. instead of looking at the the basis of the actual career or profession. You know, we focus on the labels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get distracted by that. That's you know what that is, right? That's the that's the the golden coin that we're all chasing. Oh, I want to be a doctor. No, you just want to help people. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be a doctor. You just want to help. Right. So that's really what it is. Now, I want to talk about basketball because we mentioned it a little bit not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did that sport teach you? um, You know that you still utilize today as an adult. Ah, basketball. Are you talking about early basketball? Or are you talking about like, because for me, early, early, early basketball, when I was playing outside in the neighborhood, like, you know, you, 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 you develop that, that grit mm-hmm. and that desire to push yourself to be better. So that, that's what the early basketball helped me. Mm-hmm. Develop that grit and that desire to push yourself to be better. Then when I got to a certain skill level where I was able to go into the recreation center and play on that court, because, you know, in the neighborhood, it's like, if you weren't a certain skill level, you weren't, you couldn't come on the court. Right. Right. So once I got to that level to be able to play on the court, it pushed me further to work on that, that developing yourself piece. Mm-hmm. As in, you know, your team's strength. Right. And you know, your team's weaknesses. So I have to know my strength and my weaknesses and what I bring to the table and what I bring to the team. So for me, I was always a chubby kid growing up. Mm-hmm. So I knew that, you know what? Throw me the ball in the post. I, I, I could set a good screen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I worked on setting good screen, working on a post up. I couldn't, I couldn't really shoot when I first started playing in the gym. Mm-hmm. It was like, yo, I'd make a layup, I'd set a screen, roll to the basket. That's what it was. So right. then I started, as I, as I said, to push myself to be like, you know what? Now that I've Develop this craft, so my, my pick and roll game became like nice. So I'm like, you know what? Let me let me see if I can you know, work on a little shot. Right. Because if I can shoot now, that gives me another option. Mm-hmm. So you're always looking for other options. You know what I'm saying so. It's like okay, now I'm developing myself more. I can play inside the paint. Now I can play outside the paint. Mm-hmm. So that makes me look more appealing to other players that want to play on the court. Like oh. He can shoot too, put him on your team. So now I have multiple opportunities to play with different groups of people because I can do different things. Right. So taking, taking everything that you just shared, mm-hmm. how did that translate into life skills that you now use in your adult life? That, that translating, being able, like I said, being able to be adaptable. You mm. have to be able to adapt That's to it. your environment. Like I said, starting from the early years where, like, you know what, get that grit, you want to get better. You want to work. You want to play with these guys. You know, you can only do that. But if you excel at this, you can also play with those guys. So you're adapting to this group. You do what you need to do for that group. You get a bit better. And now you're doing what you do for that group. So you can go back and forth to groups. You can 
start your own team now. Be like, yo, he can score baskets. I want to play with him. So now you're picking who you want on your team because mm. you've developed all those other skills. Right. Right? So you got two kids, mm-hmm. right? So Eli is how old now? Three years old. I know, it's flying. And you got a 14-year-old. So question now is, what if, if it's one lesson that you're teaching your 14-year-old so that you can set him up for success, what is that lesson that you're teaching him? And then what is another lesson that you're teaching your three-year-old to get him ready to be successful in this world? Ah, so for me right now with the 14-year-old, I'm preaching leadership. Mm, what does that look like for you, though? So for me, leadership means when you come into an environment and it's an unknown environment, you don't just do what the crowd is doing. Uh, because the new age team, that's what they do. They follow the crowd. Right. And then when you follow the crowd, then it doesn't matter where the crowd's going. You just follow because you want to be in the mix. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden now, the crowd did something negative. Boom. You're in the mix. Right. Bang. Off the bat. Not knowing, like, you're like, oh, no, I didn't. But you were with the crowd mm-hmm. because you were following. Right. But if you're a leader, be able to stand on your own. People like, oh, they're going over there. You know what? I'm not really feeling that. I'm just going to chill over here. You know, so sometimes, sometimes it's okay to be by yourself. But because, you know, he has that team mentality because he's been playing team sports for majority of his life. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know what, the crowd thinks. So that's what I'm working on, that, that individual yes. personality. Like, listen, you are you. You're not the team. Understand right. that. You're a part of the team, mm-hmm. but you're an individual. Yeah. And you have to be strong in who you are. Because as, as a young teen growing up, you have to figure out who you are so that once you go put your foot forward, as you go to adulthood, you're firm within yourself. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Peer- and then when, when you're not, you're taken advantage of. Yeah, the peer pressure can be, can be very tough. Very. very. Especially if you don't know who you are. If you don't have a, an I- idea of what you represent, what you stand for, what you don't stand for, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what about the three-year-old? What are you teaching him? The three-year-old right now, at the stage he's at, um, like not only me, but like both of us, we're working on that expressing yourself. Uh, using your words and... Yes. 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 Because this, this moaning and whining, yes, it's a part of their development because the words aren't there, mm-hmm. but slowing it down and saying, and just asking the questions like, what would you like? You know right. what I mean? Because it's like, there's something you want to say Right. But I understand you can't formulate the word. Mm-hmm. So, and, and what I love now, too, about him is that when we do his bedtime story, the books that he likes and he remembers them, mm-hmm. he tries to read along as I'm reading it to him. Uh, and I like that. I'm like, I enjoy that you're, you're pushing yourself. Right. Because you want to get to that point where, like, you know, you know what these words are. You understand these words and you want to read these words and be like, oh, look, I said it. Right? Right. Expressing himself. Just you're trying to give him more language. Yes. More yes. ways to communicate. That's it. Right? I think the best way is just to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I try and tell some some new parents, don't don't speak what they call baby talk to your kids. Mm-hmm. Speak to them the same way you speak to your, your spouse, um, you know, uh, your partner, or if you have older kids in the house, speak to them the same way. That's the best way for them to develop quicker. And they'll actually be able to put things into context much earlier than they would if you speak to them in this random, you know, mumble tongue that some parents think it's cool or cute. It's not cute. Speak to them the way you want them to understand you. And the more you speak to them that way, they'll eventually adapt to you. Their brain is more developed and is developing quicker than you think. Mm -hmm. So 
I think we we do them a uh, you know a disservice. Yeah. Yeah. You know um, when we do that. So good job. Keep 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 doing that. Yes, for sure. It's funny. <laughs> so random thought, random thought. I had this crazy, <laughs> <laughs> this crazy thought, right? I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, adults, we eat soup, right? We drink soup mm-hmm. or whatever. And it hit me. I'm like, hold on. What about cereal? Is cereal not soup? <laughs> oh my God. Yo, you know what's so funny? You know, my son came to me yesterday. He's like, daddy, daddy. I'm like, yes, Isaiah. He goes, is cereal soup? I'm like, what do you mean it's cereal soup, bro? Isn't it soup hot? He can have like, cold soup, okay. though. Cold soup? Yeah, man, it's cold soup. Listen, listen. <laughs> it's like this. Milk and some Cheerios is not some soup. Yo, but it's the same thing as soup, <laughs> dog. It's, it's, it's a bowl of milk and cereal. Listen, it's a bowl of liquid and some other stuff. That's oh, soup. Man. Okay, I, 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 so so let me ask you this. Since you think you're being clever, watch this. Watch this. Oh, man. <laughs> what goes right. in the liquid of soup to make it soup? Water. So water and some potatoes, you're going to call it soup. But milk and some random stuff that's cereal, you don't want to call it soup. Nah. Why? Because water is what makes soup soup? No. Water is a part of the base. <laughs> exactly. Of soup. Milk, sugar is a part of the base of this soup. Milk. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, you know what? If you want to call it soup, D, you can call it soup. I'm going to keep calling it cereal. <laughs> it's a bowl of cereal. No, no, no. The cereal is what's in the box. When you combine yes. them, doesn't it become soup? <laughs> I said, if you want to call it soup, you can call it soup. I'm going to call it a bowl of milk and cereal. <laughs> Yo, it hit me hard. Eh? I was thinking about that one. I'm like, I think it is soup. Because what's the, what's the criteria? I'm like, are they going to put that in dictionary now? Soup. And then put a bo- picture beside a bowl of cereal? With milk? Oh, gosh. No. You're laughing hard on that one, eh? Yeah, because it... Because it, it, I'm, I'm saying it, it's just it's, it's not soup. <laughs> not soup. You'll change your mind. Don't worry. You'll nah, change. It's, it's funny you said that too. I was watching this thing on Instagram. And it's like, oh, is a, is a hot dog a sandwich? I'm like, what? Because it's between the buns? Like, what is that? It's not a sandwich. It's a hot dog. I heard that the other day too. I was like, what? But but why isn't it a sandwich? I just feel, listen, it's a hot dog. And they don't call it a hot dog sandwich. But they should. They should call it a hot dog. It's meat between bread. <laughs> not, isn't that a criteria for a sandwich? <laughs> but they call it hot dog bun. You see it? So it's, it's, right? So that, it's specific to a hot dog bun. <laughs> so you, it's a hot dog, right? You put the hot dog in the hot dog bun. It didn't say, oh, put it in a croissant. Nah, it said right there. So wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So hold on, hold on. Now, you grew up in the hood too, right? Stop, don't do it. Don't do it, G. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. Don't ask that question, man. Don't do it, man. You bring me back. Here is rolling down my eye right now in this moment. Oh, my gosh. But, all right, all right. (laughs) I know what you were going to ask, too. Yes, that right there, what you're talking about. You can call it a sandwich, for real. Right there. I know what you're talking about. Nobody else needs to know. And if they do know, they know exactly what I'm talking 
talking about. All right, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> more random stuff. Now, <laughs> now, okay, if animals could talk, I was asking Alicia this the other day. I want to see what she would say, but if animals could talk, right? Mm-hmm. Which one do you think would be the rudest one? <laughs> <laughs> I really think it would be a dog still. Yeah? Yeah. How? How? If you think about dogs, like somebody said to me, like if aliens came to Earth mm. and saw a person walking a dog, they think the dog was the master. <laughs> Why? Because you have the human picking up the doo-doo. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, oh, look. Let's talk to that guy. He runs the show. It's like, what is that? So if a dog was like, yo, he'd pull me, yo, pick my spot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to say? No, I'm going to leave it? Let me, let me pee over here because I'm marking my territory. Like, what is that? The dogs are rude, bro. Yo, I never thought about the dog. <laughs> yo, trust me. Yo, trust me. The dogs are rude. Because like, you, you, have, you have wild dogs and then you have, the, you know, the like, domestic pets. Wow. Like, when, when they're young, they're peeing everywhere. They're like, yo, they're peeing your house. Yo, train me. Imagine that. The dog's looking at you and say, yo, I peed on your shoes. So what? Train me. <laughs> like, think about that. It's talking to you like you did something wrong. I'm going too far with this. <laughs> I'm getting heated. I'm getting heated. Yo, I never thought about dogs, eh? No, man. I honestly thought That's about man. cats because just the way they just strut around the place like they own the place. But dogs, they, you're right. I like those. <laughs> I'm you, the thing about it, the cat stays in the house. Yes. So it's like, you come home, the cat's like, yo, my food's done. Are you going to fill my bowl? That's soft. But right. the dog's like, yo, take me out. I want to go outside. <laughs> like, what? I just got home from work, bro. I'm tired. Yo, trust me. Rude. Dogs are rude, bro. Rude. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you come up with this? this <laughs> yeah, I think I've about this somewhere before. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's crazy. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. That is too much. Oh, so, Trust me. so I got this other quote for you, right? Let me see what comes to mind when you hear this quote now. Life is like looking for your phone. Oftentimes, you'll find it right in your hand. Hmm. Okay. See, so searching and searching because mm-hmm. you're not thinking. That's it. You know what I'm saying? You're just, you're, just, you're just going on impulse. Yes. Right? So that's what, when you say that quote, I think about impulse. Right? You just, you're, just, you're just quickly to look around. But mm-hmm. it's like you're not, you're not paying attention to what's going on. Right. Right. So it's, it's like it's, it's too quick. You're moving too quick. Slow it down. Pay attention. And that's interesting because you hear the term rat race. All the time. Like, everybody has a watch. If you don't have a watch, you have a phone because it has a time. Mm-hmm. And when we drive, we got to go somewhere. We're in a rush. Mm-hmm. It's a go, 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 go. But really, when you come to it, when you come to the, your final destination of maybe it's home or maybe it's work, there's nothing to be done until you are ready to do it. Mm-hmm. What was the hurry to get there for? Right? That's the first thing. And then the other thing that kind of came to mind when I was when I was thinking about it is, we're always chasing something that we don't need right now. And what we need is right in front of us. Mm-hmm. But we don't look at it. Because it's, it's like in society, you always want the next big thing. Right. You see what I'm saying? It's like, oh, my car's making a noise. Maybe I should upgrade. So, you know, I'm making some extra shifts, make some extra money right. so I can get a new car. Right. 
but your car's working perfectly fine. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're still getting point A to point B. Right. So what if it's a little bit louder? It's still working. Yeah. But see, it's a mentality thing. Not everybody wants to hear that noise of their car. No. Yo, listen, trust me. If I tell you about my car right now, you'll be like, yo, you're joking. <laughs> like, I, I just put a whole bunch of money to fix, to fix the brakes and the, the control arms at the front. Yeah. And then I left the mechanic shop. And two days later, my car sounds like, it's like, it's like a 1988 Taurus. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's the sound it's making. I'm like, yo, I'm, yo, I'm playing my tune, driving the same way. My mechanic said, yo, I know what the problem is. You don't have to worry just yet. I'm like, no problem. I'm keep driving. <laughs> right? That money will come. Time. It's so true, though. Right? Sometimes people are watching other people's pockets. Right. Right. So you're watching, oh, this person's got a new car. Let me up it. Right. Keeping up with the Joneses. You look at your neighborhood. Somebody's getting a new car. This person gets a new car. And now you're trying to keep up. Trust me. But what you need is right in front of you. But you're chasing something else that you don't need. Right. So, yeah. So that one that one came to me. So I figured I'll share that one with you. That was something that kind of mm-hmm. stuck out. Now, when, when did you discover that you had an act for making others laugh? Like at what age did you realize, wait a minute, it, it comes easy for me to get other people to, to laugh? See, like for me, like it, it's it's weird because I don't remember exactly when mm-hmm. it happened. I just know that we'd we'd, we'd be at home, and oh, girls, I, I I don't I really don't want my mom to listen to this one. Still, <laughs> <laughs> we'd be at home, right? I'll and, send it to her directly. <laughs> <laughs> and and we'd we'd like I for me it's like you know what I, I I always I was good at like impersonating certain things and you know a lot of movement and animation in my body language when telling my telling jokes or whatever. Mm. So we, we, we'd crack jokes. Like sometimes after coming from church and the church service, I'd pretend to be the pastor and my sisters would be dying because <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just going over the sermon and, you know, just, just doing the actions and everything and they're dying. And then other times it's like, we'd be like, like my mom likes to play bingo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was her stick. She played bingo. <laughs> so she'd go to bingo like she come home from work, whatever, whatever, cook, we, we eat, whatever. And, you know, you get ready to, for the evening, she leave for her bingo. And then I'll be like, yo, mom is going to come home and be like, you know what? You know, like them people, they, they just need one number. And, and then, yo, and yo, trust me, she'd come home. This is the joke. This is the part. This is what made it even funnier. She'd come home and go just like that, D. And yo, we'd be dying in the room. We're in the room dying. Because we're like, yo, we're just clowning about she's coming home to cuss about she could have won with one, one. number. I'm like, yo. But yo, that's, that's the joke. Like you said, the rat race, you're chasing. You're chasing. You're always chasing. Yes, there's going to be one number. You're going to miss it, hit it. It's never going to be there. But trust me, that was... And then, and then what happened further, because that was just the in-home jokes. For me, I, I, used, I used comedy as the defensive mechanism mm. growing up because I was, I was made fun of slightly bullied, right. you know, sometimes, whatever. But for me, it's like that quick wit being able to shoot back. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah? Bum, 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 your mom. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, oh, everybody's dying. It's like, yo, the attention's not on me anymore. Right. The ball's not in my court. So that, all, all that, that quick firing and quick wit had to develop it as a defensive mechanism. Mm. And that's what made, like, it, it, it excel even more. Right. Right? So that's when I became funny because it's like, Things would happen, and I'm just so quick to catch, to be in tune what's going on, and crack something. And everybody's like, "Yo, yo, the double are you killing me?" And it, yo, it just, it just happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, so the name, the nickname, Double R, where'd that come from? 
Well, it came from a comedian from Comic View called Ronaldo Ray. Like, because whenever I come, like, when I worked at the rec center, it's funny too because I, I, I'm trying to remember, but I, I think it might have been Roderick Murray that first called me Double R. Uh. Like, you know what I mean? Because I like when, when we would come to the center, Comic View was like the conversation. Because if you watched the night before, the jokes were flying. Yeah. So back in the day, BET had Comic View. And it was, when I say it was funny, it was funny. Yes. It was like, you know, because it's the American comedian. So they're cracking some jokes and you're dying. They come to school, come into the center talking about the jokes. And, you know, and the, the old school Ronaldo Ray just behind the counter. And then whenever I come in, they're like, yo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. But my name was too long. So, yeah. they so it shortened it, right? Yes. So it's like double R. And it just stuck. That's it. That's it. And that was it. Those, those are the best, the simple names that come out of nowhere and it just, they right. just stick. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you have a, a, a comedian that, I mean, speaking about Comic View, was there a comedian that you, you really enjoyed listening to or watching? Yes, I, you know, so funny. I used to, I used to call myself this comedian. Like, I even had like, recently, one of my pictures as my display picture on my work email and people really thought it was me. Uh, especially the entertainer. Ah. <laughs> so funny, so funny. I can yeah. see that though. I can see the resemblance. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was so funny because I, 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 I even one time put it as my work ID picture, that's, and that's people hilarious. were like, "Oh my god, like, you, you look so good in that picture." I'm like, "Oh, thank you, thank you." <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm telling you, man. Always pulling something, man. Now, what are what are your top five films of comedy? For me, yeah. oh man, there's some there's some classic ones and there's some like you know, yeah, like CB4. Like, oh. I don't know if anybody really knows. Oh, CB4 was mad hilarious. Like, I didn't I mean, even like, think of that one. No, listen, Reggie. That's a I'm throwback. Black, I'm black, y'all. I'm black and I'm black because <laughs> I'm, I'm black, black y'all. <laughs> <laughs> listen, CB4, like, just, like, oh my gosh, the comedians. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Because it's just like, yo, yeah. trust me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get you, sucker. Ooh. Yo, as I'm saying, like, yo, it's the old school comedies. Because right now, comedy's hard. So yeah. back then, it was true, just like, like, foolishness where you're like, yo, it's, 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 it's your gut busted. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> it, was, it was, oh my gosh, what else was there? Coming to America, classic. Oh, that's my favorite. Classic. That's my favorite of all you time. That's when Eddie and Semi and them were just acting uh, yep. you know, straight on a Zamunda. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, my favorite, my favorite line was, good morning, my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yo, yes! he just comes out there and he's like, yo, I'm happy to be here. Right? <laughs> oh, that was a classic line. So that's two. Oh my goodness. Um, wait, no, that's three. So I'm going to get you, sucker. CB4, coming to America. Coming to America. Um, there's a classic one. I don't know if I have it in the right order. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's Hear No Evil, See No Evil, or See No Evil, Hear No Evil. With okay. um, Richard Pryor. Okay, yes, 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 yes. That's, that's a yes. classic one that, you know, yes. I, I really like that one. And your last one would be what? And then for me, it was it was it was it wasn't really a comedy movie. Mm-hmm. It was the Kings of Comedy when they did the stand-up. Oh, yes, the tour. The yes. Kings of, when, yes, yes, when they had all of them, the Bernie yeah. Mac, the D.L. Ugly, yeah. the Cedric Tanner, the yeah. Steve Harvey. 
because those guys were a group of gentlemen that their comedy, I guess, resonated with me because, like, you know, just seeing them enjoy what they do. Right. You know what I mean? And and for, for, for being a comedian, it's almost like you're telling a story. Like, you're a good storyteller. But you just have punchlines and, you know, like, hooks. And, yeah. And it's, it's really... And, and they, they get you, like, entrenched in the story. And then they hit you with the punchline, yeah. Right? Yeah. Trust me, man. It's crazy. So we had we had one in common on my top five. I have... I have Coming to America, mm-hmm. Friday. Uh, see, my thing is, see before Friday, that was my, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, trust me. And then I had uh, Life with Eddie, uh, and, Eddie and Martin. Yep, yep. You're going to eat me. You're going to eat your cold bread. <laughs> yeah. And then I had um, uh, Woody and uh, Snipes uh, for White Men Can't Jump. Oh, was that a comedy though? Yeah, it was, man. You had to it it, it 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 was it was comedy, but you had to really Yes, you had to really like dig into it, right? Yeah, and, and you had to yeah. you had to know you had to know street ball. You had to Yeah. 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 Like you okay. had to you had to be from a certain neighborhood to understand some of the okay. leaving the guy in on the court, I can't remember his name though, and he came with the gun because he got hustled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh then I had Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, see, Eddie, there was, like, when you're saying, like, five, like, you can't really it's hard. have it's five. Hard. Yeah, it's hard. Oh, you just got to have the ones that resonated with you. And, like, for me, they resonated in my childhood. Yes, yes. Certain parts of my childhood, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. And then, like, my, my thing is, I, I didn't know who Richard Pryor was. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know who, I, I forgot, the Gene Wilder, I think it was, it was too. I, I didn't know who those guys were. Right. So when I watched that old school movie, I'm like, and then one's blind and one's deaf, and mm-hmm. then they're needing each other. I'm mm-hmm. like, are you guys beat, yo? You know what I mean? Like, what are you guys doing? One guy can't see, one guy can't hear, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, that was good. And my last one was uh, Distinguished Gentleman. Okay. That's when uh, he ran for office, when mm-hmm. Eddie, Eddie ran for office. So yeah, there's some classics there. So those, those of you listening, uh, if you haven't seen those movies, you need to check them out. Like, you need to. The the, the the joy you can find in the classics you will never find again in 2021 and forward. It's just not the same. It's not. It's not the same. Trust me, because like for me, having being a funny person, I found it hard to find things that make me laugh. Because mm-hmm. I want I want true laughter. Right. I don't want to force a laugh. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to find like new good ones. Like it's it's hard. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Comedy nowadays is not the same. And then my thing is, the only comedians doing it, they do the same thing over and over. It's like, okay, when like I'm, I can't laugh at the same thing over right. and over. Right. Like you're the same character right. over and over. Exactly. Exactly. The storytelling is not the same anymore. Yeah. It's not the same. Earlier we, we spoke about uh, your family and so forth, but I want to ask, what impact did your father have on you growing up? Um. Whether negative or positive, like what impact did he have? Because the reason why I bring it up is because before you mentioned that men, you know, as, mm-hmm. as a man, you're trying and you have two boys, you're trying to teach them to become, um, you know, young, strong, educated, informed and successful young men. Right. So how is that going to translate? Because you didn't have that relationship that you're now trying to create for your own, too. Mm-hmm. So how is that? Yeah. Go ahead. Tell me, me about the impact. I, I, I don't take anything away from any of the single moms that are doing what they do and are doing great at what they do. 
you know, that's not, you know, it's not coming from a place of that when I, when I said that, you know, yeah, I'm, sometimes a man is, is needed for that role. And because it is a crucial role in young black boys growing up right. for me. Right. So for my son being biracial, I let him know early at a young age that, that no matter where you go, no matter who you you're around, understand that you are a black male. Right. Right. So I, and, and I want to be there for him in, in anything he, he experiences and he needs uh, another male's perspective on it. Mm-hmm. You understand? So that's what my father did for me. He, he showed me that, you know what? You need somebody to be there. Mm. He wasn't there, but I want to be there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't, I, I, like, I, I don't want to be that absentee father mm-hmm. where, you know, my son's going to have different role models throughout his life, male role models, female role models, whatever. But I want to be that constant. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what the, I guess the, the way I was raised taught me. Because for me, that was my mother. She was my constant. Right. To this day, she's yeah. still my constant. I, I even talked to her earlier this morning. You know yeah. what I mean? She called me, hit me up. I was like, how you doing? And we said, we, we shot the breeze for a little bit before I started work. Yeah. But for me, I want to be a constant for him. And I want to also be a role model for him, showing him that, you know what? You may endure some hardships, but you can rise from them. That's it. They can, they can, they can make you a better person. You can learn from the mistakes that you go through. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and we are all human. We all make mistakes. Like I said before, it's how we react after that mistake. That's it. The bounce back. It's all about the bounce back. Right? right. Because right now he, he, he's, he's playing in this, this preparatory program. You know, it's a, different, it's a different look for him. He's playing as bigger, stronger kids. So he needs to further develop himself mentally, physically, and emotionally to endure that hardship coming towards at him. Mm-hmm. For me, that was when I was playing basketball in the Lawrence Heights area. Mm-hmm. I was going up against, it wasn't like when you went, when you finally got to play there, you weren't just playing against the kids out in the neighborhood. You are playing against men. Yeah. So my thing is, all of a sudden, you're like, yo, you, you think you can play defense on a guy, he's two, quick, two steps quicker than you. Yeah. It's like, oh, so now I got to figure out how do I stop this opponent Right. From just running right around me. Right. So now my defense has to be lower. My arms have to be stretched out. So mm-hmm. you learn the techniques mm-hmm. as you play through it. But that's experience, right? right? That's where life experience is what you get. And that is it. You you you, you have to get beat yeah. in order to learn from it. That's it. If you continuously win every time, what are you going to learn? Nothing. That you're not playing against anybody that's worthwhile playing against. Right. Man, that's tough. How do you think your mom did as a single mom? I think she did okay. <laughs> she's not listening, right? She's not listening. <laughs> she's going to be I listening think soon. Did, I think she did okay. I think she did the best she could do mm-hmm. with what she had in her time frame. Mm-hmm. Coming from that era where we were in, she did the best she could do in that time period. Right. Now, how, right? Do, you, how do you think you're doing as a parent? You know what? Some days better than others, but that's that's parenting. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a roller coaster. It is. You know what I'm saying there's it some is. days. You know, I I wouldn't mind giving him a swift jump kick, but you know, I said, you know what? <laughs> you're, you're you're feeling yourself today. Yeah. So I'm gonna let you feel yourself. Yeah. 
but I, I got to give him that check. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Be like, listen, I understand, you know, you may, you may be, be, be feeling some testosterone build up. Right. But understand, no matter how big you get, I will still be bigger. And I try to tell him that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, not as in, like, physically bigger, but, like, I'm an adult. You're still an adolescent. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you're a child. You have to show your respect. I understand you're, you're in your emotions right now. And that's another thing, too. You have to learn how to deal with that emotion. You can't just always lash out because that, then you become that angry person. Yeah. And you, you want to be labeled that angry black kid. Yeah. You need to, right? you need, you need to have control over your emotions. And, and that's what, right now, this age, this crucial 14, 15, 16, it's very crucial for that. Yeah. So I try, I try to speak to him sometimes on like a real tip. Yeah, listen, I know you're upset. I know you're frustrated, but you have to find a different way to express it. Yeah. He's like me where facial expression goes a mask now. It's all eyes, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. with facial expression, <laughs> me, like that was my thing. My facial expressions always told my emotion. It was yeah. a dead giveaway. Yeah. If I walk into work, people are like, oh, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? Oh, you just, you just, you just look down. Yeah. So like, I couldn't hide it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, but that's, but that's just my face. Like, I, what am I supposed to do? If I'm, if I feel a certain way, it's going to come out somewhere. I'd rather show my face than it builds up. And then I just lash out and ah, yeah. that's not who I am. I think if I, I try to lock myself in mentally being, you know what? Anything I'm dealing with, I leave it at my, my door before I step into work. Yeah. So that's something I built up over the years. It's like, okay, you know what? I had a rough morning. You know, it was like, let's say, oh, Eli was, was crying too much when I, you know, trying to get him to eat his breakfast. He took too long. You know, now I'm like, you know, I'm five minutes. I'm going to be five minutes late. You know what? If I'm late, I'm late. Just take a deep breath. Yeah. Drive. He'll calm down in the car. We'll crack some jokes. I'll reach back. I'll tickle him. And then I'll bring him to, to daycare. And then I'll have my little three-minute, four-minute drive to work with the radio on just to clear my head yeah. right before I have to step in to work with other people's children. Right. Because my thing is, you don't want that anger coming out on other people's children. So you have to learn to, to hone it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to teach him, you have to hone your emotions. Yeah. It's, it's hard because you don't know how to express them because you're, you're, you're trying to develop who you are, develop your personality. To figure out, oh, am I this type of person? Am I that type of person? Am I an introvert or extrovert? Right. right? So it's like, yes, you know, you can express yourself and I know you do it more at home because it's a safe space for you. Yeah. You know that we love you and we're not going to judge you for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I'd rather him do it here. And then I, we have that conversation. Yeah. And like, you know what? Yeah, you were mad, but you, you, you don't talk to your mother that way when you're mad. I understand you're upset. Oh, I know you're mad, but don't yell at your little brother because he's getting more attention than you right now. Right. You know I mean, oh, I know you're disappointed that you can't get those shoes that cost $245. But you know what? Save your birthday money, and maybe you can do that when you save enough money. Right. You know what I'm saying? But there's different things. Because like I said, he's a teenager now. He's going into an environment where he's seeing other teenagers, older, mm-hmm. younger, boys, girls. Everybody's dressing different, looking different. You want to be in the mix. I, I, wa- I don't want you to be a follower. I want you to understand. I was telling the other day about, listen, I don't make $80,000 a year. Mm-hmm. They don't look at me to be like, yo, daddy, so-and-so. This. I don't care what they had. Mm-hmm. Did you eat today? Mm-hmm. Can you sleep tonight? Mm-hmm. Then you're good. And see, but that's see, that's what I'm saying. He's not at that mindset yet to understand that. But sometimes I have to just give him a reality check. Like, listen, growing up, you don't want what others have 
that's a trait you do not want to keep yeah. because then you will constantly be chasing something you can't achieve. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, I'm just always trying to spit life to him. You know what I mean? But you can't stop. Never stop doing that. No. Never stop doing that. Yeah. Now, do you, do you have any, looking back, do you have any regrets of becoming a father at such a young age? Uh, it's, I, I wouldn't say they're regrets mm-hmm. per se in co- becoming a parent. My regret is that I wasn't financially woke before right, right. becoming a parent. You, mm. you understand what I'm saying? Right, right. It's like the literacy like wasn't I was, there. I, yes, I was, I, was, I, was, I was able to provide for my family right. with what I had. Like my mother, she was able to provide in the means that she had. But for me, if I was more financially woke earlier, leading up to having my child at that age, I would have been in a better financial situation later. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So it's that, it's that awokeness. Even, even now, I try to get, have him understand that financial part of it. Because I swear, there was, uh, I, oh my, listen, oh my gosh. I'm sweating thinking about this one. He <laughs> said to me, he goes, I forgot when it was. He goes, oh, so dad, what if I what if I have a kid at 16? I look at him like, who are you talking to? You're not talking to me. I'm like, who have a kid? You? I'm like, boy, you better stop it. He's like, he's like, what? I'll work at McDonald's. I'm like, bro, listen, I have to sit him down and have to break down a paycheck. I say, look, you know, McDonald's? McDonald's? What about diapers? Where do you live? At my house? No, you wait. You better tell her, mom. You better tell her, yo, I was there was no girl. There was no girl, but you know, we're having the conversation. Right, right. So I'm just being real. I'm like, listen. This, this is when my mom, my mom used to say this to me because I had two sisters. She goes, you, you won't bring the belly home. Meaning that mm-hmm. I'm not bringing a child into the house because I'm not going to be the one that can be impregnated. Right. And so a woman carries the child. So she would always watch the, my, my sisters and be like, listen, no, 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 no. Yeah. Because she didn't want them to, to have an early, you know, have yeah. the child early or whatever. Mm. So, so in that, in that line, like, I had two boys. So he's like, oh. Uh, what if I got a girlfriend at 16? I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, 16. Like, you're, ter- you're, you're 13 turning 14. Like, that's two years. So I'm like, so, so, so I broke it down. I'm like, okay, McDonald's, let's say, okay, two years, you'll be making $16, $17 an hour. <laughs> right, uh, I said, okay, so, 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 are you still going to be playing basketball? Yeah. I'm like, okay, no problem. So when are you going to work? After school? Well, you have practice. Are you sure? So I, I broke it down. You're laughing. Yo, listen, D, I went into detail to even taking tax off. I'm like, listen, okay. So $17 is really like 13 after taxes, just so you know. <laughs> so I broke it down. I'm like, so how much, how much, how much, how much diapers? I'm like, you better Google that. Google that. $42 for a pack? Boom. How much is formula? Because she's 16. How much is formula? She's going to need formula. Oh, Lord. Bro, I, I have to show him like, listen. This is no. not something you want. I'm like, listen, as an athlete, and I try to talk to him about like those athletes that always talk about, I didn't have a childhood because I had to obsess myself to become to become that high level athlete. You mm-hmm. have to be obsessed with your craft. Mm-hmm. And I said, Isaiah, you're very young, and I I want you to try different things. I want you to have fun in what you're doing because I understand that you want you have the idea of where you want to go. But I need you to understand that there's different paths mm-hmm. that you can take. And I always talk to him about it. I'm like, yo, so if you don't play basketball, what would you like to be? Right. Right? Because my thing is, I'm like, I, I, I knew for a fact when I was young, I'm like, I ain't going to no NBA. I could have went to the NFL. 
but you know that didn't work out. Too, you know, money was tight. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not even gonna tell that story on the air. But I'm just saying, I could have went to the NFL, but it didn't. It didn't work out, and, and I just, I, I just try to keep him in the the realization of like, you're you're a person. You're using basketball. You are not basketball. You're using it as a tool to further your education and push yourself along through a system of either sport, either, you know, if you want to be a veterinarian, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a teacher, it's a tool yeah. that you're going to use. Yeah. Right? Wow. I don't know if I'm ready for those conversations. Now listen, when he said 16, bro. I don't know. I don't think I even told his mom about that. I didn't think I, I, I yo, she listened to this. He's like, what, 16? <laughs> I, did, I, did, I, I was like, bro, I, I, I had to break it down to him. Like, listen, you don't want that. I didn't want that. 16? Yeah. What, what was I doing at 16? Oh my gosh, I definitely didn't want that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Now, how do you, how do you like manage all the, you know, the ups and downs of life and work and relationship? Like, what is your outlet to ensure that you don't have a meltdown? Because you're clearly the one that's keeping things afloat emotionally, trying to keep everybody stable, balanced, and, and still providing. But what are you doing for your own mental health? Well, you know, it's a, it's a good support system. She 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 does her, her, due, her mm-hmm. due diligence. Okay. You know, there's, there's ups and downs at times, but she does her due diligence. For me, I, I work two jobs. I work as customer service at a rec center, and I work as an education assistant in a school board. Mm-hmm. For me, conversation with adults about just things in life help release things for me. Right. Just having adult conversation. Yeah. Basketball is another release for me. I, I, I like the intensity of it because I, I need that, that adversity. I play, I play against, like, I haven't played against I guess older guys in a minute, but I play against the young guys that are hungry and think they could, oh yeah, this guy's out of shape. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to show you a one-two crossover. I'll show you that. Right. I know I'm going right, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? So like, I, 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 there's, but with, with COVID and everything happening, everything shut down. So for me, it was just, I guess, the mundane things of like cutting the grass, right. you know, putting on my headphones, playing some music, and just being in the space of like, you know, let me just cut the grass. Right. And let me be locked in for this yeah. half an hour. I have to cut the grass. Mm-hmm. Let me go to the park with Eli and just get the ball around. Right. Any type of activity as an outlet for yeah. me. For a while, it was video games. But then, you know, I got yelled at a few times. So I had to cut that down. So, <laughs> but, you know, I, I just needed an outlet. Something to, something to numb my mind because my mind is always on. Right. That's why I went to the video games. It's like, yo, playing 2K, you don't really have to think. You just press the button. Press That's the button. Yeah. Press the button. Yeah. Right. If you can enhance three things, right, either in your life, in your relationship, in your career aspirations, what would they be? Any three things. Three. Yeah. Three things. Yeah. Oh, or three three it's, parts, three compartments of your. It's it's, your, it's, it's uh it's income one. I can enhance my income. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, that's 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 one for sure. If yeah. I could do that, because mm-hmm. like I said, with the financial like readiness and mindset, if I can enhance my finance, I feel that I would, like I always say, if I can find the job that allows me to do what I'm doing and it gives me a higher income, I could be home more. Right. You understand? So, and if I'm home more, I'm able to be there for them more. Right. And that, that, 
a very important part, mm. right? Especially at these times where, you know, they're going through two different stages, the, the, the teen trying to find his manhood and then the adolescent trying to find his voice. Right. Right? So I guess in my relationship, I would enhance our communication. Okay. I'm a very, I'm very bad at communication. As as weird as that sounds, mm. I'm very bad at it because I, growing up, like I was, like as you see, the only male. And then when my mother and my father separated, I had to, I guess, step up, as you say, and fill a role in right. the household, a higher role. So my thing is, I didn't, I didn't have the, the ideal, I guess, childhood. Mm-hmm. that some kids may have or some kids may not. You know, it's just different. Like, mine wasn't ideal. Right. Like at 12, I was delivering papers. At 14, I was working in the factory. And, you mm-hmm. know, I was, I, was, I was just always trying to uh, help. That's my thing. I'm a, please, I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So like I, I do for others more than I do for myself. Right. So, so that was my communication. That's why it's so poor because it's like, okay, whatever you want, whatever you want. Right. Whatever you want. Like, mm-hmm. I, like that, it doesn't matter to me whatever you want. So there's not really communication. It's just going along with it. Right. 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 Yeah. And I would say my health is the other one because I'm I'm, I'm going to the gym now and, you know, trying to get myself back in some type of form. But it's like, you know, if if I could have talked to myself years ago and said, yo, this is what you need to do. Making a routine, keep it consistent and yo, health as well. You know what I mean? Right. So what are you what are you doing about that part right now? You can still do something about it. No, I said I said I have a gym membership. I'm going to the gym. Okay. You know I'm I'm doing a thing. You know I'm trying to get myself back to a certain a certain form, as you say. Right. You know it's it's a, it's, it's a long road, but like you know I've, I've locked in and I'm trying to get myself where I need to be. Thank you for that. Now I got this segment in the show that I got to get you through. Thinking out loud. Okay. I'm gonna ask you the most random question. And you got to pick. You got two choices in the question. Mm-hmm. Don't overthink it. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Would you rather work an overtime shift with your annoying boss for a month or spend a month with your mother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> Yo! You know what, Benjamin? I'm going to go PG, though. I'm going to go PG, though. <laughs> You said don't overthink it. I'm just going to answer it. I'm just going to answer it, okay? And here it goes. I find everybody annoying in some way or form, so I can, I can, I can be there with the boss. That's no problem. It's overtime. It's extra money. I already told you it's about the money. I already told you it's about the money. Now, I hope I didn't get you in trouble with that one. No, 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 no there's no trouble. Did you hear the question? It said, would you rather... And I would rather make the money. That's why you laughing so hard. <laughs> because <laughs> I know <laughs> when when your partner hears it, it's going to be an interesting <laughs> conversation. <laughs> You're laughing a bit too hard there, sir. I would rather make the money. We just, the segment before, I said, increase my income. That's why I and set you, that one up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did it on purpose. Oh, boy. You sneak it. <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> no, I appreciate Terrible. you doing that one. That's it. <laughs> 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 My goodness. Mm-mm. Wow. Now, <clears throat> 
What would your ideal world look like if you had to create it today? Yeah. Ideal world. Well, you know what? I'll get rid of COVID. That's what I would do. I'm like, yo, COVID, you could take I don't think hobby. anybody would disagree with that. Let people breathe. Right? <laughs> so, like, you know, I, I, it would, because my thing is this, there's a lot of things I've gone through in my life, experienced, seen, heard others speak about, you know, how, what would that endure? And, and even as, uh, a brother, a uncle, you know, a nephew, a niece, a cousin, like people want to do more things and it's hard for people like to get through life when yeah. it's like they don't have the means. You know what I mean? And that's, that's one thing where the cost of living, I would have to make it, I guess, equitable across the board because like yeah. people need to live. And it's hard for you to live in today's society with the way things are ballooning, right? So that's that's one thing I'd put in there as well. Like, you know, so it's fair yeah. across the board. Um, and for, and then, you know, like, I guess education, open education where it's like, you don't have to worry about the cost of going to further educate right. yourself to better yourself, to better society. Because that's what it is. You know, mm. we want educated people to come out and be in right. society and help build society. So, so, you know, somewhat make that more equitable. That's important. For I like, I like well. the, the fact they use the word equitable because I, I find a lot of people are, are using the word equality instead of equity. Mm. And, and there's a huge difference, you know, so I'm glad you mentioned it because I think people need to really, really educate themselves on, on the two meanings and how it can actually change the way they look at people or the world, right? And the environments that they navigate. So, See, that's, that, that's, a, that's a big thing for me because I try to, I try to let, uh, I don't remember where, it, like not everything that's equal is fair. Mm-hmm. And, and, a, and a lot of people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, but you all, you, you guys, you had an equal opportunity. I'm like, did we though? Right. Did we, did we have an equal opportunity at the position? Right. Or do we have an equal opportunity to to, to make ourselves higher in this, this organization? Right. And it's like, they don't see that bigger picture. No, no. Society's starting to because of everything that's been going on with BLM and, right. you know, the children's bones being found by the residential schools. And like, like the light is starting to shine on many things. But it's like, it's so ingrained yeah. in society. But I, I find a lot of those things that you just mentioned, the BLM and the, the children, is, is I feel like in the near future, they're going to make them just another symbolic thing and not actually um, actionable. Make the changes. Right, right. right. And, 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 that, and that's that hardship. And it's, like, it's already started with the orange to... shirts. It's already, I mean, the right person started it, but I mm-hmm. feel like the corporations have profited. Mm-hmm. Right, because you like um, you know, <clears throat> brother-in-law was telling me that the Hudson Bay Company, for example, mm-hmm. was selling a whole bunch of those shirts. Where are the proceeds going? That's really the question we need to be asking, right? If we think about that, mm-hmm. because that here we true. are, it's for the right cause. The symbolic message is clear; everybody's representing it. But here you are—you've been the backbone of this country. You've also mm-hmm. profited from all those inequitable, you know, things that's gone on with the history of this country. 
And yet here you still make a profit. You're making profit again off the same people that you profited off of way back when. So it's interesting because I, I always want people to be aware of that because, yeah, it's great that we celebrate, we take part in those things. But what are the actual changes and actions that are being taken place um, with these things? Because otherwise, over time, it just becomes another symbolic thing like a pink shirt day and, and all these other days. Right. Mm -hmm. And we don't do anything. We just wear a shirt and we think we're, we're contributing. We're bringing awareness, but what's awareness if there's nothing actually changing in the environment? That's true. So now what it, what is one thing, I shouldn't say one thing, what is the most important thing to you in this life? The most important thing to me, I would say at this point in time, it's those dearest to you. That's it. The way the, way the world is now, yeah. it's very uncertain. Yeah. So, so those closest to you, that's why, like per se, you and I, per se, you you always have to do a check-in. You have to be like, yo, how you doing? How's the fam? Yeah. You know what I mean? You always want to know that everyone's okay and doing well. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. Because my thing is you you have to create that that circle of friendship and love where it's like, if you need something, let me know. Right. So that so that they can know that even though we live so far apart, yeah. you're always in my heart. That I didn't mean for it to sound so like no 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 rap, no rapid, you know what I mean no I, like I feel the same way so go ahead right so so it's like my children yeah like 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 he like they call you Uncle Derek you see yeah. what I'm saying yeah because like you're 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 practically my brother that's what, that's how I feel yeah so I, I I want them to know that you know listen you can have friends so dear that they're like your family yeah okay. Like you, 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 you have friends that you go through certain struggles with that, that the trauma, also the trauma that both of you have went through yeah. binds you together. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, a, a lot of people probably won't understand it. Cause like, you know, you and I were raised very similar. Yeah. Like we had, we was talking, we had stories where it's like, yo, that too. Yep. It's like, it's like <laughs> we were in the same house at the same time. Yeah. 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 Right. So it's like, the way you're the bond, like bond that can't be broken. Like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's the kind of like, that's what's dear to me. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. those bonds. Uh, that's a fact. That's a fact. Now we're coming to the end, but what could you share an important lesson that you've learned over the years that you can share with the listeners? Uh, for me, the most important lesson that I feel that I've learned over the years is that you have to be able to love yourself before you can let anybody else in to love you. Ooh. You know what I mean? That's, it's, a, it's, that's a big it's, one. It's very, like for me, it was, I, I've, I've been through many different things and it's like, you have to be confident within yourself. Like that, that self, that self love, mm -hmm. being able to be, uh, like being able to be alone. Mm -hmm. You think? Not, not having to need somebody else there. Like, you know, I, I can sit, by right. myself and be happy by myself. Right. But yes, I would love a partner, a life partner, a, a cherished person to come along with me on my journey. But if that's not ready at that time, I'm still happy right. within myself yes. by myself. Yeah. Because if you rush that and you're not happy within yourself, you're just going to let toxicity in and then it's just going to fester. That's it. And that's not, that's not good for anybody. It's, it's interesting as you said that 
um, that you have to love yourself first. I had an interesting conversation with Grayson, um, I think it was early this week. And, you know, she didn't like that I, you know, I told her to stop doing something. So she got all emotional and she got upset. And I said, what seems to be the problem? She says, well, you made me upset. I said, so let's, let's process that because I always look at everything as a learning moment, a teachable moment, right? For mm-hmm. both, for both myself and her. So I'm trying to figure out how can I understand what she's trying to say without making her feel bad for what she's saying. So I said to her, if, if I have you, you know, pick up something and I said, you don't have a choice. I want you to pick this thing up and put it over there. Now I commanded that you, you do that. If I came up to you and I grabbed your hand and I said, let's go and pick this thing up. Now I've made you, I forced you physically. So then I said to her, did I physically force you to do anything? She says, no. I said, who's in control of your tears and how you're feeling right now? Is it me? Do I have buttons? Do I control it like you do with the TV? So I'm trying to give her imagery so that she can understand where I'm going with it, right? Mm-hmm. And she says, no. Right now she has a bit of a smirk because she's, she thinks it's funny, right? Because I'm making light of it. Mm-hmm. And then I said, when you say that I made you, I want you to think about that because I didn't really make you do anything. And I want you to remember that your emotions are yours. It's perfectly fine for you to cry. Just don't let somebody else external of you be the trigger of those emotions. She's like, what do you mean trigger and external? So I broke, I broke all that down for her. But eventually we got to the point where she understood that. So later on that day, she got upset again. And she comes back and says, I'm in control of my emotions. That's, that's why I didn't cry. Okay. Right? So I said, now, I didn't say it's not okay for you not to cry. Like, I want you to cry. If you feel you need to cry. But don't mm-hmm. cry for things that you don't need to cry over. Right? And so that's another chapter that we're going to have another conversation about later on just to help her get through that. Because it's important because if I don't know how to love myself mm-hmm. and I'm only waiting on someone external of me to come help me or show me what that looks like, then that person has the remote control over my emotions. There you go. You know, so it was a powerful moment for us. And, and I, I try and find those moments. I don't let them go. I try and catch them when they come. And then mm-hmm. we sit down and we actually spent like, you know, 15, 20 minutes just trying to dissect it so that she can understand it. And that next time she'll remember it and actually apply it. You mm-hmm. know, so it's just one of those things that we talk about parenthood. Now, I know I went off on a tangent, but <laughs> <laughs> how would you want to be remembered when it's all said and done? Ah, Remembered. Yeah. As a caring individual, that I cared. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like, like the, the, the job I'm in mm-hmm. is not uh, a job that pays above and beyond. Right. But it's a job where you impact people's lives if you do it the right way. Yes. Right? So I would love to be remembered as a person who cares because I like to see people succeed and I try to give people a little knowledge if I have it you know I'm not trying to change anybody's views I'm just trying to give you information of Mm -hmm. how I feel perfect 
Perfect. Enough said. I like that. Nice and simple. Mm-hmm. Now, is there anything, a positive statement or wisdom that you can leave our listeners with um, before we wrap things up? Time waits for no one. So use your time wisely. Mm. Spend it with those who are deserving of your time. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I would like to say. Yeah, for sure. So, man, thank you so much for this one. No problem. Thank you. Man, I want to also you thank <laughs> I want to thank the listeners as well for joining us this week on the DAP show and a special thank you again to Double R for joining us and and blessing this episode. I really appreciate it. I had a great time as usual. Our conversations have a a good a good vibe to them, so I appreciate you bringing that again for the listeners that tune in. Um, no problem. For those of you just tuning in and if you follow the show, make sure you download Podbean and subscribe uh, to the episode, the show, so that you can actually get all the, the shows and catch up to it. Binge, listen if you have to, and leave the comments. We want to see the comments. Um, you know, our guests want to make sure they, they get your feedback. So share the comments so I can actually get it back to them. And um, before I let you go, sir, I want to know if you're okay with people reaching out to you on social media just to chat with you, just to hit you up or anything like that. Uh, if that's the case, if that's something that you're open to, please do share how they can get a hold of you if you're online. Yeah, man, I'm all here still. So, you know, the people them can hit me up. I'm on Instagram. I'm under double underscore RK. You hit me up on Instagram. You know, I'm here. That's it. That's it. Now, without further ado, until next episode, love, peace, and happiness. <laughs>